Do you rely upon religious myths or historical facts? Next on Polygamy, what love is this? Not very long ago, I read a statement from someone somewhere, I can't remember who or where, but they were, it was challenging Mormon believers to pay attention to God where he said not to follow myths or fables or cleverly invented stories. Now, when I was a child, I loved reading old Greek and Roman mm -hmm. mythology. Yeah, me too. Uh, I was transported, you know, just for the few minutes it took to read it into a little fantasy world and enjoyed the stories. But I knew that they were just stories. I knew that they weren't fact, that they were not based upon fact, that they were fiction, that they were mythology. But that's not the kind of myths that God is referring to when he tells us not to follow myths or, as some translations say, fables. For instance, God tells us in 1 Timothy 1.4, Nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which cause disputes, rather than godly edification, which is in faith. <laughs> now notice there's two things in there that the Mormons do. They follow stories and they follow endless genealogies. Do they ever. <laughs> and you've got a couple of quotes. I do. Second Timothy 4, verses 3 through 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And then Second Peter 1.16 says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So there's three scriptures where God tells us not to follow cleverly invented stories, myths, or fables. Right. Now Peter explains that he and the other apostles did not follow fables, but were eyewitnesses of what they said. And in 2 Peter 2, 3, he warns us that false teachers will come along and exploit the people with stories they have made up, which precisely describes Mormonism. Now, first the definition of the word myth from the Revels Bible Dictionary. The words myth and fable, by the way, have the same definition. They're the same word in the biblical Greek language. But this is the definition in the Bible Dictionary. It says in the New Testament, a myth is a story or belief that is false and misleading. Christians are exhorted to pay no attention to and have nothing to do with religious myths. Okay. Now, in all the New Testament occurrences, the context makes it plain that Paul and Peter use the word, uh, the term myth mm. or fable of something being a false story or a false event. Second Timothy tells us that myths are contrary to sound doctrine. And sound doctrine is necessary for eternal life. Our purpose is always to point to biblical truths with the hope that our viewers will seek God in truth, which is what Jesus said we are supposed to do. And from John 4, 23 and 24, it says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Okay, so there we have it. That's Jesus' words. The only true worshipers are the ones who do not follow myths, fables, 
and that includes so-called <laughs> Latter-day Saint revelation. Having been raised in a polygamy group and taught Mormon doctrine from the cradle, by the way, that's any rev new revelation, right. not just Latter-day Saint. But I was raised in a polygamy group, and I knew Mormon doctrine from the cradle. And you yeah. also raised in the LDS Church. That's right. You were raised on it. Yeah. And and so we know the myths of Mormonism now that we're not there anymore. That's and right. We know the myths that they believe and that most of what they believe is actually a myth. And there are many, many. Yeah, many. Uh, they are myths that the devil uses to trick people to believe false doctrine and false history. 2 Timothy 4.4 4 explains that those who reject the word of God will choose to believe myths instead of the truth. And we have a quote from Titus. Yeah, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. So here we have the fables. Yeah. And men, what, what man will say, what mankind will say to each other, that is not true. Yeah. Okay? Now, this is our salvation depends upon receiving or rejecting sound biblical truth. And we should reject stories that build faith that are not based on God's truth. So we're going to take some time to discuss some of these Mormon myths, some of which are just embellished history to make Mormonism <laughs> look good and bolster people's faith and to sell Mormonism to others. And this includes polygamy group teachings. In fact, they probably follow more myths than the Mormons do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We've got a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, but they, yeah, well, okay. Believing some of these myths can have serious consequences, and they're used to trick people, like I said, into believing eternal life is contingent upon believing and living according to the message of that particular myth. And this is important. Again, uh, eternity is a long, long time uh, to spend re re suffering regret for rejecting the truth and embracing myths. So the first myth we're going to talk about is the Mormon view on creation. <laughs> this is a big myth. <laughs> it is, and this is taken from uh, the Pearl of Great Price, Abraham chapter 4, verse 1. And then the Lord said, Let us go down. And they went down at the beginning, and they, that is the gods, organized and formed the heavens and the earth. Now, there's a lot wrong with that, <laughs> a lot wrong. And this is a myth. There are no other gods, and then yet they have gods there doing the <laughs> yeah. organizing of creation. There's only one God Almighty, uh, and as he's revealed in the Bible. And by yeah. the way, the Book of Mormon affirms there's only one, one God. God. That's true. Not many gods. <laughs> the verse here that Earl quoted also includes the myth that the heavens and the earth were organized and formed, despite the fact that the Bible testifies that God created all things, he didn't merely organize them. We have yeah, a quote. <laughs> from Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6, You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry host, the earth and all that's on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. So here he is. He created it all. He all by himself is the creator, and he created everything, and he created them out of nothing. In fact, at the end of all this time, uh, when you read it in Second Peter, God will destroy the heavens and all the elements, it says, will be gone. They'll be destroyed. All of them will be destroyed, and he will create a new heavens and a new earth out of nothing. Yeah. Again, 
the Mormons have created a myth that disputes biblical testimony. Someone said that when people reject the truth, it's amazing the strange ideas that they will believe, and this is one of them. We have another quote from Brigham Young. Yeah, from Journal of Discourses. God never made something out of nothing. It is not in the economy or law by which the worlds were, are, or will exist. There is an eternity before us, and it is full of matter. And if we but understand enough of the Lord and His ways, we would say that He took of this matter and organized the earth from it. How long, has been how long it has been organized is not for me to say, and I do not care anything about it. <laughs> so this is the Mormon myth about creation, yeah. that they, he didn't create it. He just organized, organized. what was already there. And, and from this myth, um, additional myths have come, by the way. And one of those is the location of the Garden of Eden. <laughs> They've changed it from the Middle East to the Middle United States. Yeah, we have a quote. Brigham Young says this. In the beginning, after this earth was prepared for man, the Lord commenced his work upon what is now called the American continent, where the Garden of Eden was made. In the days of Noah, in the days of the floating of the ark, he took the people to another part of the earth. Okay, so they were here. Of course, everything had to be centered here, didn't right, it, in their right. thinking. Now, there's some rivers that are described in Genesis chapter Two that give the location of the original Garden of Eden, and they're not on the American continent, and they're not American rivers. Genesis chapter 2, verses 10 through 4, names four rivers. Two of them are identified by their same names today, thousands of years, years later, and that's the Tigris, yeah. of course, and the Euphrates. Now, Joseph Smith conjured up the myth of the Garden of Eden being in Missouri with no geographical or historical or biblical basis. The next quote is from a more Mormon conference, which means it's official information. <laughs> well, by an apostle. Uh, in the course of time from the creation in the days of Peleg, or about the year 2200 BC, just prior to the confusion of the languages, the single continent of land that had continued from creation was divided to produce the hemispheres as we now know them. But notwithstanding this, the geographic location of the Garden of Eden was made known to the prophet Joseph Smith by revelation as here in the land of America, in Jackson County, Missouri, with independence as the center place. And that's what we were taught growing up. Independence, Missouri was yep. the place. Now, Milton Hunter said, and I quote, it is certain that the Garden of Eden was located in America in what today is known as the state of Missouri and probably the adjacent region. Now, Hunter said, it is certain. No, it's not certain. No. It's a myth. All these Mormon intellectuals are saying things in opposition to what God said. But even more shocking is that Joseph Smith's inspired version of the Bible. In Genesis, he lists the same four rivers that Joseph, that is in the, in the Bible, uh, and we're going to quote from this passage in Joseph Smith's version. Yeah, from Genesis <laughs> 2, 15 through 17, from the Joseph Smith translation. And the name of the second river was called Gihon, the same that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river was Hydadel, that, was, that which goeth toward the east of Assyria, and the fourth river was Euphrates. Now this is Joseph Smith's words, right? right? And he has identified Ethiopia, Assyria, and the Euphrates. 
and they're not in Missouri. They're not in Missouri. <laughs> this is clear evidence that Mormonism teaches myths and contradictory information. He didn't check his facts, I <laughs> guess. Did. I don't know the, what happened to his time. mind. Yeah. He, maybe he was in constant <laughs> consonance dissonance, I don't know. The LDS Church and the polygamy groups continue to teach the Mormon fable of creation and the wrong location of the Garden of Eden. Now, another myth that's taught as fact by the Mormons and the polygamists is this. The Mormon church traces the history of the earth back to the time when it rotated around the planet Kolob. I hadn't heard this one. Which is one of the three governing stars that are near to the celestial throne of God. At that time, the earth was a terrestrial sphere. Adam, or Michael the archangel, was the chief architect in the earth's development. It was Adam who brought the plants and animals from other worlds and initiated their growth on the earth. At the end of that creative period, Adam brought his wife, Eve, with him and stayed here. The source of all these beliefs is the Holy Scriptures and the pronouncements of the prophet of God in our time. Oh. <laughs> Now, he said the, the Mormon church traces the Earth's history back to the planet Kolob. Now, I don't know where the, their backup information is for this. I don't either. I don't know. But it's a myth. I said God dwelled there, but I didn't know about the Earth history. But Anyway, he said the Holy Scriptures teaches this. Uh, well, the Bible doesn't teach it. And there can be no rightful designation for holy scriptures unless it contains nothing but God's truth. So what is the definition of terrestrial? Because he said it was a terrestrial before it became yeah. the mortal earth. Terrestrial sphere. And, and he used that to describe the earth before Eve's encounter with Satan. So let's find the definition of terrestrial. Yeah, the definition of terrestrial from Advanced English Dictionary. Planetary, terrestrial of, or relating to, or characteristic of the planet Earth or its inhabitants. So terrestrial <laughs> means of the Earth. Of the Earth, yeah. Yet Mormon myth would have members believe that it means something not of this present Earth. Hmm. Now, I looked up the definition of telestial, a Mormon word that designates one of the Mormon heavens. <laughs> and this is what I found. Yeah, the definition of telestial, no word, no definition. <laughs> It's not, there. it's not there. It's a myth. Yeah. <laughs> Yet their myths of Kolob and three heavens and how creation came about continue to be perpetrated in Mormon stories. Some Mormons call some of these stories folklore designed to puff up people's faith in Mormonism, but folklore is not Holy Scripture. And the next myth is actually a basic Mormon doctrine, yet the Bible and also Joseph Smith's version of the Bible disagree with the Mormon myth of pre-mortal existence, which is what the story of Kolob, uh, what That's he was true. trying to put in that, you yeah. know, that it was a pre-mortal existence. Now remember, polygamists believe all these things as well. So let's quote from the Pearl of Great Price. <laughs> The introduction to the book of Moses, chapter 3. God created all things spiritually before they were naturally upon the earth. Now, this is another one of those where you go, where was, where was Joseph Smith's head <laughs> when he was thinking uh, up these things and writing them down? Because he contradicts himself again. Um, but first, God contradicts him because God said that the spiritual did not come first. 1 Corinthians 15.46 tells us that, quote, The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. So, you know, the Mormons and polygamists should do a double take on this. They yeah. really should take a look at it because now you're going to quote from Joseph Smith's version of the Bible what he said. 
And this is stuff I never really thought about uh, as a Mormon. 1 Corinthians 15, 46 says, How be it, that which is natural first, and not that which is spiritual, but afterwards that which is spiritual. Yet he wrote in Abraham yeah. that the spiritual came first, not the natural. And then here in his Bible he says the not natural the came first. Yeah. So which is it? Joseph Smith couldn't even agree with himself. It's a myth. A spiritual pre-existence is nothing more than a Mormon myth which God has forbidden us to follow. Well, let's look at the basic of all of it, the Book of Mormon. Is it a myth? I thought it was interesting yeah. what, the, what I discovered with his next yes, things that we're going to be talking about. Now, a former Mormon missionary posted a website, and the link for this is on the screen. And in that, on that website, he asks this question. Yeah, Latter-day Saints, he calls out to the Mormons, do you believe the Book of Mormon is more spiritual than historical? Now, that's an interesting question. When we know that it's myth, okay, is the Book of Mormon fact or fable? A fable that inspires a person's spirituality, but still a fable. We realize that this is not an official website, LDS Church Authorized sure, website, right. which makes it even more interesting because many Mormons, non-Mormons, and polygamists can be heavily influenced by other Mormons' opinions. The question, is the Book of Mormon spiritual or historical, re received at least 20 answers. And it seems that the LDS folks are free to believe just about whatever they want as long as they can testify that Joseph Smith was a true prophet. Yeah, they don't let anything bother them. That yeah, way. it just seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. This is one of the answers. Assuming you're referring to historically accurate versus spiritually beneficial, then I'd have to say I definitely study and learn from the book for its spiritual merits, not historical. So is he admitting it's not a historical account? Yeah, so it sounds, sounds very like, like there, the Smithsonian it? Institute. It doesn't have anything to do with historical. Right, but, right. And so, by the way, it's another myth. Of, yeah, they <laughs> gain more from more spiritual than historical. So if the Book of Mormon is not historical, is it then mythical? Another one answered the question this way. It is a spiritual book that has, was never meant to be historical. The, I don't think the Mormon leaders would agree with that statement, would you? I don't know. I, are they, are I, they morphing over to the I, other? Well, I don't know them personally, and but we always believed it was historical. There was just no question about that. There's a lot that. of arguments that but, it is. Yeah, but people have left trying to left the church trying to research uh, the historical, the archaeological part of it, mm -hmm. and it, it's, it's, it's a weak story. Very, very know? much so. Yeah. Well, there's no evidence to it. Right. So if it was never meant to be a historical book as this particular person believes, then he also must consider it an invented story, <laughs> which God has forbidden us to follow. That's right. Another answer. Yeah, this is funny. <laughs> there is a definite chance that Joseph Smith, Smith was the L. Ron Hubbard of his day. The basic artifacts upon which the LDS revelation is based have miraculously or conveniently disappeared, and the archaeology on which the region, religion is based is of questionable validity. All we have are the stories and the exhibited faith of the believers. And that's the truth, yeah. isn't it? That's truth. Yeah. 
And, but this man goes on to say he doesn't believe in the Bible either. So, no. you know, you kind of have to look at it that way, too. But, however, there is yeah. historical and geographical and linguistic and manuscript evidence that the Bible is history, not myth. That's right. But there's no evidence at all of any kind to support the Book of Mormon. Yet the Book of Mormon is embraced as the basis for faith in Mormonism with no evidence. And sadly, they don't care to investigate whether it's fact or fable. Now, there are many stories of pioneers coming to Utah settling the territory. Many of the stories are based on some kind of actual event, but then it's been embellished until it, it comes <laughs> into the category of fable or myth. We're going to look at a couple of those now. One concerned member said this. I've always loved the great stories of brave men and women and the faithful pioneer spirit they exemplify. I recently ran into the amazing story of John Moyle. As I studied his life, I ran into a paragraph about him in the primary manual. Sadly, I also came to realize that his story had been greatly embellished, and ultimately, this great pioneer story has become a myth. Now, I didn't learn about John Moyle when I was growing up. Yeah, but I don't. This woman evidently has been a teacher in some yeah. of the primary classes, and she's concerned that much of what was written in church manuals, especially for the children, is church history that has been turned into myths. Yeah. Now, this is what God wards us against. That's right. She understands that they do this to brainwash the children as they grow up. Now, a point our viewers need to know is there are many polygamists who buy and teach regular LDS church manuals for their polygamy group Sunday school classes. Mm. So their information, their myths are distributed far and wide in this culture, and they are believed. Now, we want to quote an observation from this website. Teaching myths as fact only serves to weaken those parts of Mormon history that are true. And I wish they would listen that would to that, because true. that yeah. is a very good point. It is. So we're going to go back to the John Moyle story. John Moyle was a real person in early Mormon life, but his story has become largely a myth to bolster the faith of people in Mormonism. But this is what she said about it. And this reverts back to the things that are true uh, aren't as strong because of the rest of the right. myth here. The John Rowe Moyle Story, Lesson Story Summary. Every week, John Moyle walked 20 miles from Alpine, Utah to Salt Lake and back to work on the temple. Following an accident, he had his leg amputated, undaunted. He built himself a peg leg and continued to make the 20-mile journey to work on the temple. Why it is wrong, the distance from the Moyle House in Alpine is actually 27 miles and over a large mountain. For anyone, it would be nearly impossible to do in a day over rough roads, but when Moyle supposedly had his accident, he was 77 years old and there was a railroad line only a few miles away. Moyle was a great pioneer, but by exaggerating his story, it diminishes his legacy. <laughs> so you just have to look into it a little deep and find yeah. if there's a railroad just close, why would he walk that 77 far? 77 on a peg leg. 77 <laughs> yeah. over the mountain. Of course, we know what mountain he's talking about here with south of Salt Lake, and that would be hard to do. That would. But, uh, but the, that's their point. Is it was hard to do, but miles. he did it anyway because he was such a great man. And, and you know, it, <laughs> This isn't taken away from who he was, but right. why why make up the story? Right. 
some might say, what are you complaining about? It's just harmless, you know, but they aren't harmless. They're teaching untruths about what they say is true and what is supposed to be the only true church. Yeah. Besides, God has told us not to follow myths or cleverly invented stories. Do we pay attention to God or not? Another myth she mentions is that the Nauvoo Expositor newspaper contained vicious lies about Joseph Smith. Now, she's referring to the printing press that right. Joseph Smith destroyed, which led to his arrest and murder. And the context, of course, is the persecution of the early Mormons. Joseph Smith's arrest wasn't persecution. It was because he broke the law. <laughs> he destroyed the printing press, which was traveling on constitutional rights. This country then and now has held very dear the freedom of the press and freedom of speech. And Joseph Smith violated those rightful freedoms, we quote. Lesson story summary. The lesson refers to the Nauvoo Expositor that was produced by William Law. It says that the newspaper was filled with vicious lies about Joseph Smith. The lesson gives no details about what those lies were. Why it is wrong. The Nauvoo Expositor told the truth. It told about polygamy, Joseph Smith's adultery, the second anointing, and the women who came to Nauvoo looking for Zion, but were essentially forced into marriages. It uncovered the tightly controlled lies that Joseph had told other members, as well as his wife, Emma. William Law had been in Joseph's inner circle and knew everything. Joseph had been caught by his own hubris, his arrogance. So, and there's other stories that have been embellished to the point of being mere myths. And there are stories of Joseph Smith's miraculous healings, the cricket invasion and the seagulls, which we're going to deal with in part two, and the, the seagulls coming to their rescue. And, and another, uh, the, as the author designated, embellishing the truth only denigrates what the truth really is. Yeah. Let's read Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. But there are, were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. That mm. is what is going on <laughs> with the myths of Mormonism and of polygamy groups. Yeah. They have introduced these destructive heresies. They have brought in the false teachers. And he said it will bring on themselves swift destruction. Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, died at 38 years old, very young man, mm -hmm. in a gun battle in jail. Could it be that he brought on his own swift destruction, just as this scripture warns? Mm -hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe God said, you've gone far enough, Joseph, yeah. no further. No. And he, he let him go. Yeah, that's possible. So there's many more myths, and yeah. I, I was just going to do one program on them, but there were so many that so many. I expanded it to two. Yeah, that, that, there's some really good ones still. So. <laughs> <laughs> so don't follow myths. It's easy to check out the stories. You know, uh, it, it's just like the seagulls and the... And we'll talk about that next time and the crickets. But anyway, thanks, Earl, yeah. for sharing and for you. helping with this. You, you know, John 18, uh, verse 37, Jesus said, quote, For this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Pilate then looked at Jesus and asked, What is truth? But he never stuck around to hear what the truth was. You know, there is no such thing as your truth and my truth and their being different. Everyone on the side of truth listens to Jesus. 
Do we listen to Jesus or do we listen to others who give their own personal opinion of what Je who Jesus is and of what he said? Deuteronomy tells us that we must listen to him. And Jesus's words are given to read, to pay attention to, and to love. Peter said to Jesus, only you have the words of eternal life. So we need to read them and believe them and do them. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.